0: Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Paleo Valley. They've got an amazing organic super greens product that makes getting your greens super simple and easy. They have 23 organic superfoods in each scoop, each with their own unique benefit for boundless natural energy. And their powder is really in a class of its own. You see, most greens products contain cereal grasses and certain proteins that can cause digestive distress and inflammation as well. You see, most of them have things like wheatgrass and barley grass, and those cereal grasses contain a lectin called wheat germ agglutinin or WGA, which is highly inflammatory. Certain experts believe that WGA may be as responsible for the health-damaging effects of wheat as gluten. And many who are gluten-sensitive also have issues with WGA. So Paleo Valley set out to produce the best, highest-quality organic Super Greens powder without the cereal grasses. And they use only the finest, most bioavailable superfoods, helping your body absorb those valuable vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and enzymes found in each delicious serving. There's no fillers, no indigestible ingredients, just 23 nutrient-rich organic superfoods full of the nutrients you need for a vibrant, healthy life. And it's so easy. It'll only take you 30 seconds a day. You simply add a scoop to a glass of water or milk or smoothie like coconut milk or making a smoothie or even your favorite baked goods recipe, and make your day that much healthier it's usda organic gluten-free non-gmo no fillers no cereal grains it is low carb zero added sugars no sugar alcohols or artificial sweeteners keto friendly you guys are gonna love this stuff guys check it out at paleovalley.com forward slash jockers and use the coupon code jockers my last name at checkout to save 15% off your order. Again, that's paleovalley.com forward slash jockers. Use the coupon code Jockers at checkout to save 15% off today. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, you guys love olive oil just like I do. I'm a huge advocate of olive oil, and I love talking about some of the key compounds in olive oil, like oleocanthals, like hydroxytyrosols these different polyphenols that are just so amazing for the body. And so I wanted to bring on an expert, Dr. lamor Gorin, and she is the founder of Keyord, which is an olive oil company. She is a cancer researcher with a PhD in molecular biology. Her research centers on one of the most important anti-inflammatory molecules found in medicinal olive oil called oleocanthal. And oleocanthal is kind of what gives you the bitter taste. If you have a really good, really high quality olive oil. You kind of notice that bitter taste uh, in the back, and that's credited to oleocanthal. And Dr. Gorin discovered one of the mechanisms by which oleocanthal is toxic to cancer and showed that olive oils that are rich in oleocanthal are an effective strategy to kill various types of cancer cells. Dr. Gorin started cured after she received numerous requests from friends and family for the medicinal olive oil she used in her research, and realized it was not easily accessible in the U.S. We'll talk more about that. How most of the olive oil out there is actually very low in polyphenols and really not getting the the benefits from it. So Dr. Goren searched the world for the best high phenolic olive oil and ultimately came across a small family-owned farm and mill in Corfo, Greece. Which I may have I may have said that wrong. I'll have her clarify okay, that when sci-fi. she gets on. Yeah. What, what was it, Dr. Goren? It is Corfu. Yeah. Corfu, Greece. Okay. Yeah. And they and that that uh, community had just won an award for having the highest concentration of oleocanthal ever discovered at that time. From here Kjord was born and Dr. Gorin's mission to advocate for the health benefits of olive oil took hold. It is her goal to spread awareness about the holistic approach to health and to make high phenolic olive oil accessible to consumers. So Dr. Goren, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and um, nerd together about my favorite subject. That seems to be one of your favorite subjects. That's great.
0: For sure. Well, you know, oleocanthal is an amazing compound. And so you obviously are an expert in it. So we want to talk about that. But how did you get started? How did you kind of go down this route of studying polyphenols?
1: Um, It kind of fell into my lap or onto my bench um, in the lab. I was working in a cancer lab at. Um, Hunter University in New York City, and I was actually working on a different project that has to do with the mTOR pathway that some of your listeners might be familiar with. It's a pathway that um, regulates nutrient input um, and metabolism in our cells. So I was working on that pathway when this really interesting molecule uh, was sent to us by a collaborator. Um, It was recently discovered. It was isolated from um, Greek olive oil, And it was giving the name Oliacanthal. And he thought um, it might be an interesting molecule for us to study because um, in very early uh, reports, it was shown that it does um, kill cancer cells pretty rapidly. And the suspicion was that it has something to do with the mTOR pathway. Um, And, you know, it still might have something to do with the mTOR pathway, but that's probably not the main function of it in the cells. But that's how I got involved with it.
0: That's interesting. And a lot of my audience is is familiar with the mTOR pathway, not everybody, but the mTOR pathway, we've talked a lot about when it comes to fasting, because the mTOR pathway Mm -hmm. is associated with growth and cell reproduction, which you know is obviously important when we're a child, when we're growing, pregnant women, things like that. But as we get into older, you know, as we become adults and we stop growing we don't wanna overactive mTOR pathway. There can be a lot of problems there. And so what did you find with your research? Let's start with just the mTOR pathway itself and then we'll talk more about Aliocanthal.
1: Sure, so our research um, on the mTOR pathway involved a very specific um, kind of feeder pathway into it. Um, we tried to understand um, how via mTOR's sales can sense Um, nutrient sufficiency, especially of lipids. So how, when, because when mTOR functions properly, it gives signals to the cell. Do I have enough proteins for growth? Do I have enough um, um, sugar, glucose to growth? It senses all these things, but it was really unknown how the mTOR pathway in the cells sense uh, lipid sufficiency, the idea that there's enough lipids. So we studied a pathway that we believed um, had to do with that. And it had to do with a phospholipase called phospholipase D that creates a metabolite called phosphatidic acid that was a strong Mm -hmm. activator of mTOR. And because of that, often um, when you talk about mTOR, obviously you can talk about um, longevity because it's associated with longevity under activation. But the flip side of that mTOR is often very, very overactive in cancer. So we studied in the context of cancer and how some cancers hijack that signal from phosphatidic acid to mTOR and can bypass all the checks and balances and send growth signals to the cells. Hmm. Um, So this was a previous project. And um, oleocantil related to that, not directly, but in a very interesting way, because my research showed that oleocantyl acts on a cellular organelle called lysosomes. And mTOR, if you know, mostly locates in the lysosome. Yeah. So that was the the connection, I would say.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And phosphatidic acid as a uh, driver of mTOR, is that part of our diet? Where is the mTOR getting that from? Is it part of our diet or is it uh, just something that's um, grabbing from cells, from cell cell lipids. Yeah.
1: So a phosphatidic phosphatidic acid um, is a metabolite. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a metabolite. It's a byproduct of um, lipid metabolism. So every time we eat dietary lipids, any kind of um, fat source, um, via various enzymatic reactions that culminate in um, pho- uh, phospholipase D, you can create uh, phosphatidic acids. But cell usually divert which phospholipases they use. Um, depending on the circumstances and what they need. Uh, but yes, yeah, fat comes from the diet.
0: That is a mechanism for how, because we know that higher insulin, high blood sugar, high insulin drives mTOR. We also know that high mm-hmm. amount of amino acids, particularly branch chain amino acids like leucine, will drive mTOR. Right. I hadn't heard of right. a fat connection, but the phosphatidic acid would be the fat connection.
1: Exa- exactly. Um, that is that is the missing link. And that's still yep. work that's in progress. Um, we published quite a lot about it, but um, you know, it's still... I would say, you know, and, and the baby steps of, of, um, the discovery of that pathway.
0: Mm, that's really good. And this is why keeping mTOR under control, which, you know, I don't, do you, are you familiar with a way, like as a cancer, as a molecular biologist, how were you guys looking at the mTOR pathway? Were you just looking at it like under the microscope or was there like any sort of lab test that can be done uh, to help somebody understand if their mTOR pathway is overactive?
1: Um, yeah, you, you look at um, downstream targets of mTOR. So mTOR um, is a type of enzyme that um, catalyze a reaction. Um, um, let's keep it simple. Catalyze a, a reaction. You can look downstream to see if the reaction happened by um, looking at phosphorylation of its substrate proteins. Um, especially uh, ribosomal protein um, S6 kinase. So that's like a very good reading of that. So you can always mm. check the status of that, whether it's phosphorylated or not. Mm. And, um, is and that that's how you know available as, as a
0: lab not. test. So you said, what was the molecule you mentioned?
1: Uh, S6 kinase. Um, S6
0: kinase. So that's yeah, the letter like an S-, S.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a kinase. So it, it, there's like a um, kinase cascade. I would mm. say in a cell that starts with mTOR and then it phosphorylates S-6 kinase and that phosphorylates um, other target proteins. So you look at the most direct ones. Yeah. I don't know if there is a test that is approved to use in humans. We right. were using it, you know, both on, um, you know, just like on cells or cells that were derived from animals that, mm. you know, we 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 smashed and, and right. isolated. So I'm not sure if that's something um, that is available commercially. Great question.
0: Yeah, I haven't heard of it. Uh, I think that would be a really great discovery if somebody were to be able to find some sort of biomarker that we could just, you know, whether it was a blood draw, most likely a blood draw, but, you know, urine sample, whatever mm-hmm. it was that we could find that would let us know kind of the status for mTOR. That would be really interesting uh, for the that's
1: future. A, that's an interesting question. I wonder if that exists. I yeah. know I'm going to check it out after after <laughs> our recording because I'm mean it now. Let,
0: let me know, because I haven't heard anybody actually say that. Everybody says, you know, we're thinking cancer cells, you know, based on, you know, studies, molecular biology studies, we understand how mTOR, hyperactive mTOR drives cancer growth, but we're not actually looking at studying that, you know, in humans to know, you know, in right. A sense, right, what right. types of cancers Only pathology are samples. mTOR driven, which ones aren't, you know, things like that. So it'd be really interesting. Uh, to be able yeah. to look at no,
1: that th- 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 this this is known this you know when uh, when we send tumors out for biopsy we can definitely look at the markers mm. um cool. y- you can see that um in pathology of a tumor but just you know for like everyday maintenance health just right. like you say but like you, a simple blood test i'm yeah. not sure if that if that exists
0: yeah that would be really yeah, and
1: especially if somebody advice. is really actively interested in inhibiting mTOR pathway if you if you fast intermittently or fast yeah. or use other mTOR inhibitors. Um, yeah, you want to know whether you're successful. That, that's an interesting point.
0: For sure, yeah. My favorite ways to inhibit mTOR, I think fasting, intermittent fasting is, is probably the best uh, strategy, but also exercise, you know, regular exercise uh, is important there, good sleep, things like infrared sauna, and then getting a lot of polyphenols in our diet, you know, keeping uh-huh. our blood sugar stable, eating a good balanced diet, and then, you know, getting a lot of polyphenols like oleocanthal. So it takes us back mm-hmm. to oleocanthal, yeah. and you were studying how this impacts cancer. And so let's talk a little bit more about your research there.
1: Sure. So um, one slight correction to your introduction, and it's very nuanced, yeah. but I think you'll find it interesting. So oleocanthal is not necessarily in, tr- um, um, in charge of the bitter flavor of olive oil. Mm but rather that stinging sensation we feel at the back of our throat that feels okay. more like a pepperiness, like black pepper. Mm. And um, in fact, the name of uh, the name oleocanthal um, is derived from Latin, and in Latin, canth means um, sting. So mm. it's the stinging um, ingredient in olive oil. Um, other polyphenols, such as um, oleacin, oleuropein are more in charge of the bitter flavor that we feel at Mm -hmm. the front of our palate. So definitely bitter flavor in olive oil is desirable. That's an indicator that the olive oil has polyphenols, but not all olive oils have the same composition of polyphenols. Um, So if you feel bitter, it's definitely high in polyphenols, but only if you feel the stinging sensation in the back of your throat, it's a sign of higher than average oleocanthal. Mm, So that's an interesting fact, I thought. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, great uh, distinction there for people to understand. And a lot of people, you know they'll take an olive oil that is polyphenol rich and because they're so used to consuming olive oils that don't have the 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 sting or the burn in the back of the throat they're like oh wow that one's that's a strong one you know and a yeah. lot of people don't like it because you know in our society we kind of like um you know we we don't really like that kind of astringent uh punji kind of uh bitter bitterness but uh, but that's actually right. a sign of, you know, these polyphenols, these powerful plant compounds that are really supportive to our health.
1: I I agree with you. You know, I I find it interesting that in in our culture, in Western culture, when I say the word bitter, it has almost negative connotation when it comes to food, right? Um, But it should really be the opposite. And in other cultures, for example, um, I traveled a lot in India and I love Indian cuisine. Um, In Indian cuisine, like you desire some bitterness it's appreciated you go like oh this is bitter that's bitter and it's a good thing it's just one flavor like many others that we should be consuming um and that's nature's signal to us that you know it's something that we should have but um um there are some other molecules that are bitter and in high dosages they can be poisonous so i can understand why some people are afraid of that for sure but um all your candle um You know, what we knew about it in the beginning was that um, it killed cancer cells pretty rapidly. We just were not sure how. And that was a really interesting question um, of the mechanism of it. And why is it so specific against cancer cells? Um, And the answer um, was that we found in my group was quite surprising. Uh, Mostly when you study cancer, the first type of, you know, result you're looking for is always to see increased apoptosis. Right? because uh, when you have more apoptosis, it's, it's good. Cancer fighting, cancer cells are dying, and many cancers have uh, become resistant to apoptosis, so it's always like this race of how we can you know, kill just those cancer cells. So what we found out was that um, oleocanthal doesn't really kill cancer cells via apoptosis, and that's why it, it can be effective even against tumors that are apoptosis-resistant. It kills cells during a different um, process that's called lysosomal membrane permeabilization. And I know it's a mouthful, but what it basically say, roughly, it kind of pokes holes in the lysosomes in the cells. um, And that's a bad thing. And cancer cells are more sensitive to that than normal cells. Mm So do we need to explain what lysosomes are?
0: Yeah, so lysosomes are intracellular organelles that basically break down proteins and different substances within the cell. I know lysosomes play a key role in cellular autophagy for normal healthy cells, exactly. but they're also very, you know, the, the cancer cell kind of has its own uh, dynamics, right? Its own physiology mm-hmm. and they use the lysosomes for, for cellular protection as well. And I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit more about why they do that or how they do it
1: exactly exactly so it's a known uh, fact that double-edged sword of autophagy yeah um, because autophagy is a natural process by which cells recycle themselves or cells die um, and other cells can use their nutrients Um, but just like we mentioned mTOR it's um, it's a process and a pathway that often cancer hijacks in order to promote growth so when tumors start um, they're very poorly vascularized they don't get blood supply to the tumor So how do they get proteins, how do they get nutrients, how do they get amino acids and um, and DNA for growth? Well, they get it from neighboring cells and often via um, autophagy, which is a process that happens in lysosomes. Mm. So when you damage lysosomes, cancer cells are much more sensitive to that. Another interesting thing that happens when you damage the lysosomes, the content of lysosomes spill into the cellular environment. And for the most part, that's very toxic because they're highly acidic organelles. So that kills the cells really fast. And cancer cells just tend to have more lysosomes, larger lysosomes that are more fragile. And we found that all your targets um, uh, and is able to break or permalize um, cancer cell lysosomes much more than healthy cell lysosomes. And that differential effect is um, how we're able to use it you know, almost as a drug, right? It's food,
0: but yeah, powerful. Yeah, almost so almost to summarize that, these lysosomes are critical for cancer growth and development, and the oleocanthal activates lysosome membrane permeability. Is that correct? Is that what you said?
1: Permeabilization, LN- yeah.
0: Permeabilization, right? So it makes it. Yeah, it, it re- makes
1: the membranes more permeable, or
0: yeah, punctured. so they break down. Yeah. So they're 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 less resilient, right? And they're less. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they're more more vulnerable to to breaking down, less resilient to
1: stress. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, good. Well, so that awesome. was a very interesting result. Um, yeah. And then um, the next thing that um, we looked at was, you know, if if we can achieve those fantastic results and we saw cell death and a particular cell death um, using isolated oleocantil, we asked ourselves the question, um, you know, how about olive oil itself? People yeah. have been using and consuming olive oils for generations, and we always knew it's good for you, it's healthy for you. There's you know, a million studies that you probably cited before mm-hmm. about lower mortality rates and lower cancer rates and lower heart disease, but you know why? What's the cause of that? Yeah. Um, so it was a, a pretty attractive idea to speculate that um, perhaps um, olive oils that have more oleocanthal or have more polyphenols are the reason why olive oil is healthy for us. And um, we did such an experiment and we got the result that we expected, uh, which was that olive oils that contained higher oleocanthal were able to kill cancer cells with the same mechanism, with the same um, dynamics as isolated oleocanthal actually pretty much with a linear um, correlation between the amount of oleocanthal in olive oil and its ability to kill cancer cells. Mm.
0: That's powerful. And oleocanthal is also called like plant-based ibuprofen, right? Because it has powerful anti-inflammatory effects.
1: Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. It's a really strong inhibitors of um, these two enzymes, COX-1 and COX-2, that um, sit way up there in the inflammation pathway. So it it can reduce inflammations at a cause
0: right so it's also very preventative for all degenerative health conditions because they're all associated with chronic inflammation so it really keeps inflammation under control as well taking it on a regular basis now as i mentioned earlier most of the olive oil out there that people are consuming does not have much oleocanthals and so how do we know like what what's a way that we can that can help us determine like when we're looking at olive oil um How do we figure out if this one Mm -hmm. has a lot of polyphenols, a lot of oleocanthal in it?
1: Right. So um, just by looking at a bottle, at a label, um, it's almost impossible, although there are some signs and cheat sheets that I'm sure you're aware of, and I'd like to talk to them uh, about these as well. But the surest sign is to taste the olive oil. Take a spoon or a little shot glass and swirl it in your mouth, swallow it, and see if you feel that stinging sensation in the back of your throat. If you felt that, it, you can't really tell if it has more or less, but it has more than an average. So it's a good olive oil. It's an extra virgin olive oil. It was stored properly. It's fresh enough. It still has enough acid. more than the average. That's the only sure sign. But before purchasing the oil, it's it's a little tricky. Not all companies um, mention the concentration of acid. although that's something that they can measure. Everybody can measure that. You can send your... As a manufacturer, you can send an olive oil to the lab and measure the oleacanthal, and you can publish that. Uh, but very, very few companies um, do that, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so the other way is, is really is, is to understand um, how is high acid olive oil made? What what are the steps and process that are really important to make uh, high acid olive oil and how it's preserved? So that goes to, of course, we're talking only about extra virgin olive oil and not a lesser grade. And of course, goes without saying that it's cold pressed. But one important thing is the early harvesting of the olives. So if an olive oil says it's an early harvest, that's usually a good sign. And it usually means that we will find higher levels of polyphenols because uh, the olives lose polyphenols dur- during the ripening process.
0: Hey, I just wanted to take a quick moment and tell you about my new book, The Fasting Transformation. I am so excited about this book. It is a functional guide to help you burn fat, heal your body and transform your life with intermittent and extended fasting. Fasting is the most ancient form of natural medicine. And in this book, I take you on a journey to help you understand how fasting improves your blood sugar and your insulin sensitivity, how it shuts down inflammation in your body, optimizes your hormones, turns on fat burning, and helps activate stem cells and deep cellular healing. Guys, you're gonna learn so much from this book. You can check it out, The Fasting Transformation on Amazon or on our webpage, drjockers.net. Forward slash fasting transformation. So, check that out now. You guys are going to love the book. And if you have a chance, leave a review on Amazon. Thanks so much. Yeah, green Uh are the most polyphenol rich. So, if you're just getting olives, the green ones have Uh more polyphenols. And then as they age, they lose polyphenols and they increase the amount of fat content, oleic acid, which is a healthy fat. They increase fat Uh content, but they lose polyphenols. So, the black olives are the ripe ones with more fat, higher fat content, lower polyphenol content.
1: Correct. And um, you know the, it affects the taste. So the um, olive oil that's made out of purple or black olives yeah. that are more mature and more ripe, um, it would taste fruitier, it would taste more mild. Some people just prefer that, um, but they they're don't have as many polyphenols. For the producers, it's a win-win situation to wait a longer time and and produce olive oil from overripe olives because they get much higher yield. Mm. So if you grow your olive trees and you pay for the olives by weight, you get more olive oil if you wait longer. But the quality of the olive oil is not as good as um, the ones that are made from unripe green olives. Um, So that would be one thing to look for. Always look for olive oil that's early harvest. Um, The second thing that's really super important is freshness. Um, There is some loss of polyphenols in storage. Um, That loss can be very minimal or um, very severe depending on storage conditions and also depending actually on the initial polyphenol concentration, which is a very nuanced point that I can go into. But um, fresh is always best. Um, In the northern hemisphere, olive oil is only harvested once a year during the fall or winter Again, some producers wait until winter to harvest in the Southern hemisphere, Australia and New Zealand, um, it's produced in, you know, during their fall, which is our spring. So technically you can always get olive oil that would be no more than six months old. Um, it's kind of possible. Um, unfortunately there aren't many all your high olive oil coming from Australia or New Zealand, or, I mean, I actually don't know about any, I would love to know about some, um, but, Olive oil from the northern hemisphere, they're made in the fall and, you know, you should really try to consume them within a year. So an olive oil should definitely tell you the harvest date on the bottle or on the box. Mm. Um, and you should look for a harvest date that's not much more than a year. Um, mm. I would say 14 month, 15 month, that's fine. We recommend consuming olive oils within the first two years um, of production if they're stored properly. So storage plays a big, big role of that. And if you store olive oil um, in a heat, the polyphenols would be lost much faster. If you store it in a cold, that would slow down significantly that loss factor. Uh, The other thing that affects um, the loss of polyphenols during storage is the olive variety and the amount of um, antioxidative power in it. Right. So we mentioned oleocanthal is an anti-inflammatory molecule many other polyphenols are antioxidants.
0: Yeah. So and you have vitamin have E olive... in there as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. Which yeah. Yeah. is the comes... too. Exactly. Um, so some olive varieties are very, very high in oleocanthal, but are low in other antioxidants. Mm. So these guys, these type of olive oils might be excellent in the first, you know, three, four, five, six months after production, but afterwards they, they would lose polyphenol and oleacantol content pretty fast because those molecules tend to oxidize. But if an olive oil is a little more balanced and it has both high oleacantol and let's say high oleacin, which is a very strong antioxidizer, um, the loss during storage is very, very minimal to the yeah. tune of maybe 10%. Now, how about the
0: bottle as well? Because there's a lot of bottles that mm-hmm. you know are just kind of either clear plastic or clear glass uh, but i know uv light effects yeah. as well so what should we be looking for in a bottle
1: correct definitely not plastic yeah. uh, there's been a study that showed that the best material are actually either um, glass or metal so mm-hmm. metal is okay metal tins mm-hmm. are absolutely fine um i always felt like hmm, that's probably not a good but the, the science is out there mm-hmm. olive oil salty and metal tins is okay and metal tins are opaque and protect from um, UV light. But when we talk about glass bottles, always try to look for dark glass, um, preferably completely coated. There's a lot of glass manufacturers now. You you can buy olive oil in blue glass bottles, black glass bottles, white ones that are completely, completely opaque and protected from light. Um, You know, if if you see an olive oil in a a clear bottle, if any, if it was in a shelf for a while, it's not great anymore. So some manufacturers um, sell bottles of olive oil in clear bottle but they sell it inside a box that's okay it was protected from life but then when you take it home you better keep it in a closet um, yeah. although again it's it's that process is not that rapid if you take an olive oil bottle and you put it in the counter and you use it within three or four weeks even if it's clear you'll be fine the problem is clear bottles that stand on shelves that are, has been exposed to light for weeks and weeks mm. at a time that's not great
0: what do you recommend as far as using olive oil? Because there's debate out there. Some people say, hey, you can cook with it. Other people say, probably not the best to cook with. You know, I'm kind of at the point where like, Uh, I think you can cook with it because of the antioxidant content in it. However, you were also sacrificing polyphenols and antioxidants when you do cook with it. So to get the kind of clinical dose for, uh first, I want to know your thoughts on cooking with it. And then also what's, how do you get the clinical dose that would be effective for, let's say, cancer prevention based on what you guys looked at with the research, if you have a high polyphenol olive oil that you're using. Right,
1: right. So, all right, so first question first about cooking. That's actually my favorite myth to bust. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm, I'm just going by published um, research out there. And there've been um, a few recent studies that completely busted that myth that olive oil is not um, suitable for cooking because it might have a lower smoke point than other olive oil. Those studies have proven that there's no correlation between the smoke point. That also is very easy to miscalculate because of water content and depends how you measure it. But there's no correlation between smoke point and suitability for cooking. And actually one particular, I believe, Australian study showed that olive oil is the healthiest oil to cook Mm with. And um, often... Maybe I'm already answering one of the other questions. The polyphenols can transfer to the food. They tried it on vegetables. Yeah. And then they they extracted polyphenols from the vegetables that were not there before. So mm-hmm. the polyphenols don't just disappear. Some of them do um, oxidize, but some of them transfer into the food that you cook with. Yeah. So um, olive oil is absolutely- um, And I, I like marinating
0: cooking. too. I'll marinate meat, different things like that I'm, that I'm cooking yeah. with the olive oil. So you get more of that transfer as well. And then- yeah. exactly. Yeah, the big thing we so look I, at looking say- is the oxidative stability as opposed to the smoke point. And olive oil, like you said, olive oil has a high oxidative stability, so it's able to handle the heat because of it's it's very stable. Um so mm-hmm. that's the key there. Yep. So I'm in agreement. Yeah, on and that. it doesn't
1: create polar compounds. Right. Um so I think um and but Absolutely, you would get more benefit from raw olive oil. Yeah. So let's say you saute with something. I think studies show that it's a function of time and temperature. Mm-hmm. So let's say you know temperature of um, I'm trying to calculate Celsius to Fahrenheit. Let's say about 250 or 300 Fahrenheit yeah. uh, for 20 minutes let's say I think it's in a range of like you lost maybe 15 to 20% of the polyphenol Mm. content and the longer you cook or the higher temperature, you might lose more. So you lose some, but there's still a lot. So it depends what you started with. If you started with high phenolic olive oil, it's not a big deal. I think for most people, it really comes down to cost because um, high phenolic olive oil, it it costs more than other oils because you make it early in the season and you get less yield because you have to storage uh, to store it under very, very specific conditions Um, it it costs more to the consumer. So if budget is an issue, I would suggest, you know, using any other affordable, good extra virgin olive oil, depending on your budget for most of your cooking, but then always drizzle the highest phenolic olive oil you can on top. So you get a raw olive oil, or even just take it with a spoon. Yeah. So as far as those, um, I would say, again, depending on polyphenol content. So um, you could get, um, in the U.S. now, um, there are quite a few olive oils that are around 1,000 milligrams per kilo polyphenols. That's very, very high. It's definitely in the top 10 percentiles, but there's there's probably a dozen olive oils available in that range. Of these olive oils, um, the equivalent of two spoons a day is a great dose, both for preventative and maybe even getting into... Sorry, tablespoons. Yeah, two tablespoons, tablespoons
0: a day. Yeah, yeah.
1: Two tablespoons, about thirty grams. Yeah, Solid. a day. Um, if if you know if you're really um, treating a, a serious condition and you're able to stomach it and you have um, room within your calorie intake, because yeah. you know olive oil is very rich in calories, I definitely don't recommend to um, you know like up your calorie intake a lot if that's yeah. <laughs> wrong for you. Um, So you should be conscious of that. But if you have room in your calorie intake, um, absolutely. I I don't think you can overdo it. Three spoons, four spoons a day, that's fine. I mean, I I think I'm 50% olive oil.
0: (laughs) I love it. Yeah, one of my favorite meals, you know, I'll I'll marinate either salmon, wild-caught salmon or grass-fed beef or something like that in olive oil and extra virgin olive oil, high high polyphenol. Uh, Olive oil and then also organic lemon juice and like put on like garlic salt and stuff like that, some different herbs, oregano, basil, thyme, cook that and then I'll make a Mediterranean salad where I've got cucumbers and artichokes and uh, hearts of palm in there, tomatoes, what else, bell peppers, and then I put the Uh extra virgin olive oil high polyphenol count along with some organic lemon juice and a whole bunch of herbs on that salad. And I have olives in there as well, like black olives or green olives yeah. uh, in and there. And don't forget
1: the nuts. Yeah, nuts a little bit of nuts and, and
0: maybe even some, yeah. some sheep cheese or feta cheese as well in there. Um, And then, yeah, it's so polyphenol rich. So I'm getting the raw. I'm also marinating the meat in it. And uh, I tend to get probably, I don't know, three tablespoons uh, of olive oil in there. But I'm, I, I can consume a lot of calories as well. But that's one of my favorites. I usually make a big Mediterranean salad, have it with my dinner, um, and then have leftovers for lunch the next day. And I usually eat two meals a day. So I'm pretty much getting a lot of olive oil, high polyphenol rich olive oil uh, in both of those meals. So it's really good. And you look great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, polyphenols <laughs> play a role in, along with the intermittent yeah. fasting. So yeah, huge fan of oleocanthal. What are uh what are some other polyphenols that you love? I love resveratrol. That's a great one. Quercetin, curcumin. Uh what are some mm-hmm. other ones that you love?
1: Um you know to be honest with you, I'm not that familiar with um other fruits, olive oils. Um I love blueberries. I know they're very high yeah. in their own polyphenols. I I couldn't even name which polyphenols <laughs> you see you know better than me. My yeah. my knowledge is really about olive oil polyphenols. Yes, yes. But um Yeah. I mean, they exist in skin of many fruits. So, you know, know, fruits, vegetables, I mean, that that should be the main part of our diet, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Uh, how much olive oil, how much high polyphenolic olive oil are you consuming on a daily basis?
1: I think I'm averaging about five uh, tablespoons.
0: Nice. You're getting it in. (laughs) There you go. Awesome. Awesome. And and the company you created here uh, obviously, you know you found all this amazing research, but then when you went out and you looked at the olive oils that were on the market, you just found that they were failing people, right? They just didn't have the high polyphenolic yes. comp- compounds in them, and so you started Kyord, which is K Y O O R D. You guys can go to kyord.com, right? And so what is and Kyord? it's actually
1: and it's actually well, it's spelled it's pronounced cured.
0: Cured. Okay, so um, like I- kind of like cured. Right? <laughs>
1: Or it's 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 a cure for something, right? right? I can't claim it, but uh, <laughs> we know it. Um uh, yeah. So I couldn't call the company. I you know you will be. So cured, you found but, a, a you know, unique
0: was, way to spell "cured" that wouldn't draw yeah. attention from the FDA or you know any of the governing bodies.
1: Hopefully. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So guys, check it out. Cure K Y O O R D You guys can use the coupon code JOCKERS to save 20% off too to try it out on your first bottle so you can try it out. And um, yeah, this this is an amazing olive oil. This is an olive oil that I've used as well. I love it. Um, Definitely has the agliocanthals. You get that little bitter aftertaste. And what are some of your favorite recipes that you use your olive oil in?
1: I love to um, pre-make sauces and marinades and dressing um, with the olive oil. So I make a great aioli. You um you take an egg yolk, a little bit of mustard, a little bit of red wine mm-hmm. vinegar, and about a cup of olive oil, and you emulsify it. It's like a mayonnaise or something like that. Um, but it's healthy. It's made of 100% olive oil. Right. No canola there. I, I love making chimichurri. I grow a lot of herbs in my garden. And as you mentioned, actually, some herbs are also a great source of polyphenols, especially I think um, mm. oregano.
0: Oh, yeah. Oregano, um, so yeah. I make a chimichurri with- um, Carvacrawl is the main, one of the main ones that's in mm-hmm. oregano. Yeah, I love it.
1: Yeah, it has a beautiful molecular structure. I remember. <laughs> um, so I use uh, parsley, mint, oregano. I use mm. about fifty percent parsley, twenty-five percent mint, twenty-five percent um, oregano. I throw in garlic, ginger, um, a lot of red pepper flakes, uh, red wine vinegar, and olive oil. And I make a chimichurri that goes great on any kind of vegetables and a sandwich, um, or on steak
0: sounds great yeah get you're getting me hungry over here the mediterranean diet i mean it really does work and one of the reasons is these polyphenols probably one of the main reasons and um it it tastes good as well right when you start combining herbs like that very very flavorful and also those herbs they release and they have an aromatic compound to them a smell that um you will notice throughout the house and that smell itself will actually activate your vagus nerve and it will activate your digestive juices so you start producing stomach acid bile pancreatic enzymes before you start your meal which is really good because that helps kind of warm up prepare your digestive system uh, to be able to break down and assimilate the nutrients more effectively with the least amount of stress. Uh, on your body when you do consume your meals. So getting in those aromatic compounds is so powerful. So love it. Uh, Dr. Goren, any, any last uh, words, of inspiration or anything we didn't cover that you would like to share with our audience here?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, again, talking a little bit about, um, I, I understand that cost is an issue for a lot of people. And I think it's one of those things that um, we've been accustomed to getting cheap but inferior products Mm -hmm. for many years Mm -hmm. and um, sometimes investing in your health and wellness is not really an expense it's an investment right Uh, so that's something to keep in mind and then um, combine it with the other best um, practice for health which is free which is exercise (laughs) don't forget to exercise and that's always free
0: yeah we're huge on that and so guys yeah we didn't even talk about how a lot of the olive oils out there aren't even fully olive oil. A lot of times they're like fifty percent olive oil, fifty percent canola oil, corn oil, all these toxic industrial oils. So a lot of people are using olive oil that's actually destructive, actually causing a lot more free radicals, a lot more inflammation in their body. You want to make sure you're getting a really good quality, extra virgin olive oil, particularly you know if you really want the best health benefits, a polyphenol rich, extra virgin olive oil. You're going to pay pay a little bit more for it, but you know think about it almost like medicine. You know really that should be with the way that we're looking at food is as medicine. And we always want uh, food that is, that has the maximal amount of powerful nutrients in it and the, the least amount of toxins. And that's what you're going to get when you check out cured.com K Y O O R D.com. Some of the best olive oil that you can possibly find. Use the coupon code jockers at checkout to save 20% off. Dr. Gorin. Thanks so much for your time. Really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, guys, we'll see you on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.